0: and I'll be in your ears every week, dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm really excited to have uh, an amazing man, Mark Bentz in the house who I've met through uh, the good old Tony Robbins network. Mark, what's going on, man?
1: Oh, it's all good, Tony. I just, uh, sorry, <laughs> Johnny. Uh, it's a lot of Tony in our lives. Uh,
0: everything's great. It's a beautiful day in Vancouver, so just good yes. to be here. Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, we've connected recently, like I said, through the, the Tony Robbins network, but I've just been so impressed the more I've been learning about what you're up to and, just your, your story, which I want to get into, but ultimately your, your bio online says that you're man, so many things you're a entrepreneur, you're a massage therapist, a practice strategist, a speaker, an educator, a philanthropist, uh, with a passion to help others find growth and fulfillment in what they do. But you, you also have a huge passion for teaching blind kids and young adults to kind of build resilience through hockey. Is that right? That's it, yeah it's
1: uh, it's always a dream in my mind. When I was young, I wanted to play hockey and uh, what I could do was just uh, floor hockey up to grade six, and then my eyesight was was not good enough, so I had to quit. So yeah, it's always been a passion of mine, and so I've been doing it twenty years and it's an awesome experience for myself. but of course, getting young kids out there and realizing that hey, at, at 9, 10, 11, at their age, having everything ahead of them and all the structures in place and we have everything there now across Canada and across the States. So visually impaired and blind people can play ice hockey.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, too, the, the charities that you're involved with, which are doing some pretty amazing thing for for blind people. But why don't we rewind a little bit? Tell, tell us a little bit more about your story, how life was leading up to your degenerative eye disease around age nine. But how I'd like to get into really your mental health, too, because I, I, I just got to imagine, um, you know, losing your sight rather than being born blind. Um, you're old enough, obviously, to remember being, seeing, like, how, how does that affect your mental state? And where did you go? I know we talked about this offline, but where did your mind go throughout the years until you really were, were able to kind of turn the corner with your emotional resilience, if you will? <laughs> yeah it was tough let me tell you it's been many decades now
1: 54 so i've had this disease for 45 years and mm. it's low degenerative disease and i'm really thankful for that because i have seen everything and i've traveled uh, tremendously and i still even travel with one percent of my vision to all these places because i need to imprint as much as i can with the vision i have into my memory mm. and has allowed me over the years to be able to just see beyond what I naturally, you know, what the doctor tells me uh, because I've had so many experiences. But it all started back when I was nine and life was pretty amazing. I grew up in Vancouver, playing kick the can, riding my bike everywhere, just having an amazing young boy's life. And I went to a soccer practice one day with my mom. She dropped me off and I was like, oh, man, it must be canceled, mom. And my mom goes, No, no, they're playing just over there. And I'm like, where? And she's like, "Well, that's weird. And what had happened was they had just moved one soccer field over. And so my mom took me to the eye doctor, realizing that something was uh, definitely wrong, because they weren't that far away from us. (laughs) But I guess I had been accommodating and making up for my, uh, my loss of vision for a few years. And they told me, that uh, I was going to go blind by the age of 19. Hmm. I get chills today talking about it because I couldn't believe that my path was so dire. I was just like, oh my God. Like, I just want to go home. I, I want to ride my bike. I just want to be with my friends. And yeah. and it, was, it just wasn't going to be a path The typical boy grew grows up in. And for a long time, denial was my best coping mechanism. And I just denied, 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 because as my vision was going down, I could still accommodate and accommodate and accommodate and accommodate Mm -hmm. what was happening to me until I couldn't. And then it just oh late. 20s i think it was about 27 i just hit this wall i remember going to a um, game of seattle mariners down um down the kingdom and i remember being in the car and suddenly all my vision what i had went from black all the way from the uh periphery into the middle into the middle into the middle, boom to nothing mm-hmm. and i went my god this is it i've gone blind and i couldn't believe it Mm. at that moment that's when my anxiety started and and that was actually a panic attack Mm. Uh, and then panic attack in and out of the hospitals um, many medications uh, then depression set in uh, throughout my life when I was young starting at about 14 uh, I used alcohol to help numb my pain and it wasn't social you know how we all sort of get into it it's like a social thing we all do sure that's what I was doing but ultimately I was just trying to deal with this loss that I could not shake (laughs) and every year it's worse Mm -hmm. but I'm very appreciative because hey if I was totally blind I wouldn't have this opportunity to have seen what I've seen even though it it's harsh getting it ripped out of your, you know, having your vision ripped out of your body is, it's harsh. Well,
0: no, I was going to, I was going to ask you. Yes. Yeah, like it's almost, isn't it worse to, to have had it? And like you said, to have it ripped away from you, than just, you don't know any better if you were just born blind.
1: Well, yeah, I've got some blind friends and, and they, they know no different yeah. and their life is their life. But I can say the vision loss has provided me with just cool opportunities that you know maybe could have come if I was totally blind and, and you don't know right because it's it's the path you're given and you you walk your path but I'm I'm pretty amazed at this fun and enjoyable things I have done as my vision has gone downhill and I was just sitting out on my porch today and I was feeling the sun on my face and I was looking at him like oh my god it's unbelievable the sun and the the blue sky and that i can still differentiate that Hmm. and it 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 really gives me opportunity now that i'm i've dealt with let's say the demons of it all uh, to be able to say jesus christ is this ever beautiful what we have like it is amazing what we we all have right if we just think about what we all have and not have all these crazy ass expectations that all these things should be happening the way we want. Yeah, back and I can go, man. Let's just appreciate what we have because it's it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, amen to that. You know, as I'm listening to you talk, and I'm kind of putting myself in the shoes of maybe another guy that's listening. I, I think something that I'm certainly guilty of, but something I can even hear Tony Robbins talk about is like it, it doesn't help. It, it wouldn't be helpful for someone to to listen to this and be like, well, gosh, yeah, this really helps put pr- things in perspective. I'm really grateful I have my sight. So maybe things aren't as bad as as I make them out to be. I think it's all relative because a guy could be listening to this who, you know, has all his faculties and yet he was sexually abused by his uncle, you know, and has serious trauma that's affecting him and his sense of happiness and fulfillment as an adult. Now, the the idea that I wanted to have you on the It's just how you've worked through your own, yeah, curveballs, trauma, whatever you want to call it, and how you've made that turn versus, letting you know, going down to the bottom of the the barrel of a, you know, bottle of something or drugs or women or whatever. There's so many things that you could have done to to really ruin your life, and you've turned it around. Um, I don't know if people probably don't even know this, but you've won – two gold medals uh, at the winter Paralympics games right back in uh, Austria in 84. Yeah. You've done a lot. It's It's amazing. And that was extremely helpful, right? That was,
1: I was the youngest kid on the team. And at 16, when all my friends were getting their driver's license, there was no chance I was doing that. And that's pretty important as a young man.
0: Yeah.
1: I just remember going, Oh, this is one of those serious life moments where i'm not going to be like other people but Mm -hmm. i gotta say the the olympics and and winning two gold medals and and achieving and and just taking it to the next level really helped me it just was like okay like you can do shit Mm -hmm. and you just you gotta you gotta really love who you are right and guys i think have a uh, uh, it's an it's an interesting relationship with themselves because they want to be everything. People think you should be everything. You're the right. strong, uh, powerful person. You shouldn't cry, and and back then it it, it helped because I was still burying everything. <laughs> but
0: it really did help to achieve something amazing like that. Well, you we're gonna jump around your story a little bit, and just in terms of crying, it just makes me think of what you told me offline about uh, Tony Robbins. kind of cracking you open a little bit emotionally tell tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit more about how that became maybe a a major pivot point in your life yeah
1: Uh, so about five years ago um, I went to my first Tony Robbins event and before that so what would I have been 49 before that I might have cried two or three times in my life Mm. and they were at funerals you know family and friends of the family who had died. And it was just, it was never part of what I saw was to express myself emotionally. And so like we've alluded to, uh, you have a tendency to go internal. So I went internal, I drank, I took drugs, I did all these, these coping mechanisms. And really, if I'm looking back on it, I just needed to be open with people and be able to say, holy shit, you know, if I met you, Johnny, at 16, be able to say, Johnny, man, this road I'm on is is harsh. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I just got to let you know it's harsh and I don't know the future, but I know, hey, you know, we're buddies and, and it's going to be OK. And, and I'm looking forward. To it. But I that just wasn't that wasn't my path. Right. And mm-hmm. so I get to Tony Robbins and he really gets into it. And I just just burst open crying and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what is all this stuff? Like, Mm. you know, like (laughs) how it, you know, there were tears, physical tears, but you could just feel the, the stress and the relief just pouring out of my body. And, and I got out of that, that was a day with destiny. And I remember finishing that week and I'm just like, I can't believe the gift the absolute gift that I've waited for so many decades, it's actually here. And it was simple, <laughs> it, was, it was all within me. And, and I spent decades bottling it up. And, and from there on, I, I have this great relationship with my emotions. And I, they're low, I know what they mean, I respect them. Uh, I like crying it's a great thing to just to be more whole as as opposed to just being so guarded and and yeah it's just amazing
0: so yeah phenomenal what's happened in the last five years yeah so cool well how do you I mean like you said that if, and I'm going through the same process too because it's just being a guy and growing up and doing all the things that you talked about like just getting reconditioned to you know allowing myself to feel the highs and the lows. The, the, the lows though, of course, are painful, which is initially why I don't want to feel them, right? They're, they're shitty for sure. Um, but then oh, it's not like I'm not going to be in, I'm not in pain either when I repress my emotions and then I get really angry or really lonely or really like numb. That that's not like it's any better than actually feeling the pain, but you had what 40, you said 49 years worth of kind of repressed emotions and all just came out that day like was there anything specific that was a aha that was like oh my gosh or was it just literally like the that sense of like the light the lightness that you felt once you just got that um, raw emotion out of you it it was the lightness it it was this
1: this like so i was sitting there and you're listening to people and they're um talking to tony about their life and and you realize how like-minded everybody is yeah I sit there and I go well I'm blind and and this person over there goes well I've been molested and this person over there goes um you know I grew up in the poorest country in the world (laughs) Mm -hmm. and but we've got all the same um drivers yes I just sat there and I was just like oh my god I am like everybody and that's what allowed me to just let it go because I was like I no longer have to have this wall around me. Like I am like everybody and everybody's like me. And, and it just, boy, it took off, I don't know, 20, 30 pounds. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it, it's just like you beam afterwards because you, I think most people, I, I, I'll say it for myself, you just want to be like other people. Right. And, and you're like a shared experience is, is the best experience. Yeah. Oh, so, that was, yeah, it's the ultimate shared experience that released me of of these. I, I, they're demons, you know. They sit inside you and they swirl around and they they grab a hold of you and make you angry and frustrated and depressed and 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 you just go, oh my god, I don't want to be vulnerable. But now I go, you know what? It, it's time to talk about them. And so I have an eleven-year-old daughter and. And I talked to her about it. I, I say, you know, daddy has gone blind all his life. And it's an amazing path I'm on. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy, right? Like I didn't, I don't choose the role, but it's an interesting one. And, and it, it has definitely helped with raising a child because you're, you're just more connected with them. Uh,
0: more connected in what way though? And just being in that, honest yeah kids emotions
1: are are open and honest right it it takes them a while to develop the guard so when they're young they're just raw and open and and they learn and they they're trying to figure out how their emotions should be played out so i'm working with my daughter to to just realize that hey play your emotions out you know like like let, let them be and and yes, people will judge you. There's no doubt. Don't worry. People will judge you. People will say shitty things about you. Um, but like I was saying, actually just today with her, I was like, you know what? Uh, Cause she doesn't like being in a big crowd and people looking at her. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, sweetie, when you're in that type of crowd, don't feel that, that, that sort of connection. Cause you're, you're nervous about that. I said, just put in your shit eating smile, big shit, eat and smile and just go, Hey man, it's great to be here and go like, And it'll help you not internalize this stuff that isn't real. It is real what we make up
0: in our heads. I feel like it's so, I think it's fascinating because I know we, you know, especially with the Tony Robbins background, but for those that are listening that don't realize, I mean, we all have these needs to be significant, to be of value, to be special, and yet, I had a very similar experience to you when I went to my first Tony Robbins event and realized how similar we all were. And we're all running these kind of like robotic patterns of life that make us into these victims that it gave me so much empathy and grace for myself to like, oh, I forgive myself for being so hard on and so judgmental of all the things I've done because I'm like, oh, we're all, we're actually all so much similar than we... (laughs) we think we are right and that for me too allowed me to just let things go and but it's still been a process of course that where i fall into old patterns of repressing my emotions because sometimes i think it gets in the way of getting stuff done especially as a guy but i guess i'm 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 kind of fascinated to to hear how did you i mean that's that was only five years ago so the majority of your life you've been dealing with whether it be the pan attacks the anxiety the 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 demons kind of swirling inside, how have you still been able to get so much done and add so much value to your life and the lives of others, even when you've been in a kind of a shitty state, if you will?
1: Yeah, you, you just ignore
0: it, right? Like, that's, yeah.
1: that's what I grew up, you just ignore it, you keep going, you ignore it, you uh, accomplish things. And when you accomplish things, um, I was led to believe that that was That's like the celebration, right? That's your emotional release. Like, whoa, look at this. I've made this money. I built this. Um, But I realized uh, that's how I got actually in the Tony Robbins was when I was uh, 48. Um, I built up my company and everything was going well. Um, And there was a moment and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like suddenly what I was striving for all my life with uh, money, um, freedom, uh wasn't what was in my uh quote-unquote uh, presentation of what what i thought success would feel like yeah. and that got into it is is i got to tony robbins because ultimately i had stopped growing and that's a very important concept to appreciate and when he said that he goes when you stop growing you're dying mm-hmm. and i was Oh my God, that's what's wrong with me. Like, I, I'm i not actually achieving because I plateaued and it wasn't the money, it wasn't the freedom, it wasn't uh, the home or you drive a car, it wasn't the beautiful car you have. Right. It is the fact that you put yourself to a task and you worked yourself through it and if you're able to do it with other people, it's just that, for me, it's just that much more gratifying. Mm-hmm. But, actually the process of growth which is what we're achieving that's what the human brain wants to always be achieving and it was amazing to have that realization because i would just push through drink push through take my medication push through and ignore how i felt and then again once i got to this level i'm like no no i should be feeling much better Yeah, yeah yeah right it should be here. And it wasn't. And, and that grow dying concept just boom, just knocked me on my feet and made it open me up.
0: Opened yeah. Me up. Right. Uh, I guess I'm kind of curious to think what were you seeing as, as what the costs were of living that way, whether it be on yourself, on your relationships, uh, on your business, you know, of just suppressing it, ignoring because I feel like a lot of guys that I think would be re- re- you know, resonating with this whole conversation are doing very similar things and they're just ignoring as well the cost and you know the, the repercussions it's having on their lives and on others.
1: Yeah, it, well the, the cost is many it's many things. Um, for me, it was decades of frustration. And, and I still get frustrated. There's no doubt, you know, <laughs> but I get frustrated and then I come through it where in the past I would stay frustrated. Frustrated would turn to anger. Anger would be like, fucking nothing's happening here. This is ridiculous. What's wrong with me? know, how can't I figure this out? And those are very, um, they can be empowering emotions or they can be very disabling emotions. So yeah. now I use them as empowering emotions because like we chatted about earlier, you, you take your emotions down and you get to that state. But now I can realize that that's just part of the emotional up and down. Right. And so down, I go, hey, I got it. I'm down here. I know what this is. And really what the next step is, greatness is coming. Because, I'm going to work my way through that and boom, come out on top. And now I do that way quicker. Before, my God, as I say, it was decades. I, I did. I had no understanding of it. So, I mean, people would say, you know, Michael, you know, why are you this way? And I was always a very friendly person, but there was that low level of frustration. And, and that's ultimately what the drinking kept going, right? Because I would drink, get wickedly drunk, two days hungover, drink again, and that was my way of saying to myself, I'm going to deal with it. And, you know, it's ridiculous. Like (laughs) looking back, um, I, I, I shortened probably a lot of relationships. Um, I certain shortened my ability to have a more openness and vulnerability with people in my life. Right. And, and when you get older and look back, it's just like, you know what? Time runs out. Like, you want to have a rich, fulfilling, and, and I would say now, I mean, it's a bit overused this term, but you want to have a vulnerable life. Like, your vulnerabilities are, are what gives you that vitality. And it's, it's not just driving ahead. That, that's amazing because, well, guys can do that <laughs> very well.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but if you're burying your head at work and and you know there's another reason you're doing that that's when you know you've got to sort of wake up because unless you wake up there are so many costs down the line could cost your marriage could cost your 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 family right could cost your kids it's there's a lot of things that that we ignore and I'm just yeah I'm, I'm happy I I got out of ignoring it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful too. I, otherwise, you probably wouldn't be having this conversation. But um, I, I, again, I'm, I'm thinking about guys that are listening, if they're really like, God, that is so me. I'm so fucking pissed off. I'm so frustrated. I'm, I'm numb. I'm always, you know, angry. Okay, I hear you saying like, it's, it's got to change. But then what is it for you as Tony Robbins, for a lot of my other buddies, not a lot of my, but other buddies I've heard use like ayahuasca or other type of plant-based, something to crack themselves open where they are no longer in control of, of keeping it all down. Right. What are some other suggestions or what would you recommend for a guy? If you're just having a coffee with a, a fellow brother on the path, who's like, I'm feeling exactly how you said you were feeling and I need help, but I don't know where to go or what to do next.
1: Well, I would look at what you're doing that you truthfully know are negative behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, I truthfully knew drinking for decades was a negative behavior. So I would say to the person, I'd say, you know, hey, you know, like Johnny, Johnny, the best thing you can do right now is don't quit drinking right now, but why don't you just cut it back 50%? Mm-hmm. And why don't you, on the 50% of the time you drink, understand why you're doing it and and don't hide behind like drinking is so hidden behind oh it's social it's summer it's winter it's i don't know the super bowl it's it's the olympics (laughs) you know like yeah it's so hidden and so i really like the um the saying that i got from tony robbins too is nothing has any meaning except for the meaning you give it and so Think about when you do your negative behavior, what meaning are you giving this? Mm -hmm. Because you can change your path regardless of what's happened in your life. And so many shitty things happen to people in their lives. Like it's wicked, right? It's, it's wicked when you start to peel back the onion, but here's the thing. There's no meaning. It's only the meaning you attach to it. So, Really wake yourself up to that idea, because you can carry these anchors forever. Mm -hmm. You can be justified in it, you know, regardless of whatever circumstances you have found your life to to have on you, you. They're probably justified. I don't know. But there's another way of looking at it by saying, you know what? The meaning I attach to what's happened to me in the past, like for what I'll say about my vision is that it's given me an opportunity to be here today. And hey, it took me up to 49 um, and it wasn't all bad. You know, like I've had a lovely life. I just chose a lot of negative behaviors to to connect with. But now at 49, I don't drink at all. It wouldn't even enter my mind to do it. It's just like, if it takes me that long to get here, fantastic if i only have five more years on this uh, earth at least i'm open vulnerable and emotionally like free to be who who i want to be not the bullshit that people tell you you want to be right but it's just like really understand that nothing has any meaning but the meaning you give it and and look at it because it's it it just it's it's everything you do it's
0: everything mm-hmm Man, that's, uh, that's so powerful. It's got me thinking in a lot of different directions. Um, w- when it comes to what you said, like, man, like five years ago, you realized you kind of plateaued in your growth, in your personal growth. Um, what are you doing now? What's, what's, what are you consistently doing to, to kind of practice making sure that you're sharpening your edge, if you will, so that you're not uh, dying, if you will, so you just keep keep growing, keep working forward? So
1: every day I have, and we've heard of this before, I have rituals. So every day I wake up, I have a hot shower and an ice cold shower. Mm. And and it doesn't matter if I feel shitty or I didn't get a good sleep or God knows whatever else I'll say to myself. I get into the shower and I crank it hot, crank it cold, crank it hot, crank it cold, crank it hot, crank it cold. (laughs) And it and, and that attaches, and, and you can appreciate a, a Tony Robbins event, and I've been to 45 of them now. Um, it puts me in that place where I can bring all those positive emotions in play right away. So in the morning, boom, I'm in that shower. Um, I don't check my emails. I don't get caught up in work and, and the roller coaster that that can deliver everybody. <laughs> so. Yeah. That is a guarantee. Then I get out of the shower, 50 push push-ups, and I do them sets of 10. And then in between that, I do sets of 10 squats. In between that, I do sets of uh, biceps, triceps, shoulders. Yep. And then uh, on the treadmill or on, I have a rebounder. And I also have a big trampoline for my daughter. Mm-hmm. So depending on one of those. But I do that. All that takes me about 15 minutes. I have wickedly loud music like very loud music uh that. and when i've done that i'm bathed in the proper endorphins to start my day and so of anything that's been the number one thing i've consistently done for five years now mm. and it's so powerful because you can have shitty days you can you can go to bed with stress But when you wake up and you go through that, it's a cleansing, absolutely cleansing and you start fresh. And yeah, some days are hard. Some days are amazing.
0: Most days are a combination of both. Hmm. I love that. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a practice. It sounds like of, you know, like Tony says, like emotional state management, you're rather than, being a uh, victim to however, whatever side of the bed you roll out of emotionally, you know, you're choosing to, like you said, get the endorphins going and choosing to be like, you know what, I'm going to freaking take on this day, you know, and it's kind of probably a, uh, grounds you. Right. Um, well, I think that's pretty powerful. I, th- I think it's uh, speaks to, to again, those of you that are listening to this, if you don't have some type of ritual, it can be 15 minutes. It could be five minutes. You know, I, I tell some of my clients, like, it doesn't have to be anything more than like, turn off your alarm, do not snooze, <laughs> get up, get a glass of water and yeah, meditate or do 10 pushups or jump in a cold shower. Any of those things, like any of those things will will help change your state from being exhausted and that sort of thing to being a lot more, you know, ready to take on the day and, and give it your all, um, which sounds like you, you you're, got a good practice of doing that's for sure yeah the other thing too actually john is a good thing and
1: and i guess it depends on where you are in your life but um i would say just don't be hard on yourself Mm. like really really sit back and appreciate all the amazing things you have like we're so bloody hard on ourselves. Like we should have this, we should make this, we should, this should be what our wife is. And we should have two kids. We should go to Maui every fucking year. Well, whatever you want to say in your head. It's amazing. The stuff that are these shoulds that make absolutely no sense, because if you are diagnosed with brain cancer today, it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I really have a healthy understanding and this vision has really helped me is that, you know what, all this external stuff, it's interesting and it has its place, but boy, don't lead with external satisfaction. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a road to endless hardship. Mm -hmm. It's just never ends too.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Something you said uh, maybe half an hour ago or so, you, you mentioned at some point that uh, as you were losing your sight, you were accommodating, making different. I don't know if you said a- accommodations, um, but something along those lines. But that that you were able to see beyond what you could maybe physically see. You didn't say that exactly, but I, that's what I was kind of tell. Talk a little bit more about that. What? How? How has this process of, you know, your life's journey and losing your sight given way to enhancements of other ways of seeing, if you will.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah, I was saying accommodate. So I'm constantly
1: filtering what my past vision is through my vision today. And yeah, it has allowed me to, to still see a lot. And it's really cool because when I go somewhere I haven't been, like, let's say, um, uh, where I was just recently somewhere. Oh, um, this hotel up at Whistler. Never been in this one hotel. And so I didn't know the lefts and the rights and, you know, walk right into the wall because I, I'd been down the, the, um, the hallway before, like the night before, mm-hmm. but I didn't um, or my dog. I got a guide dog. And it was pretty funny because I'm just waltzing with great purpose. And then boom, <laughs> and, and it's was just like, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I can't see, you know, it just, but I have these filters of what everything should be. And so I have a great ability to pattern what everything is and it's cool. So I have this amazing, just visual patterning ability in my head. Um, my touch of course is, is excellent. My hearing is excellent um I don't know about my taste but I'll say my my hearing and touch is pretty cool but what I'm most sort of proud about is this this filter and patterning that that I roll it's it's like a movie I just roll through my brain and every so often like well it just happened to me I walk into a wall and it's it's kind of funny (laughs) because it it's cool and then it's like yeah you know what
0: you're still blind and it It humbles me. I was going to say, it's a a good natural way of uh, keeping you humble. Yeah. It's, and, and it, it it gives you a laugh, right? Like in the past, I would get
1: probably frustrated and angry and go, Oh fuck. I can't believe, you know, the hallways made this way or boy, they should have better lighting. Um, But it's because I was in a different place and a lot of things would trigger me. And now I'm not triggered. Uh, as you say, a humble, appreciative, open to
0: the fact that this is a journey and I got the journey of going blind. Well, that, and that's what I was thinking too. When, you know, when I too have been in a place of like total frustration, being pissed off at myself, angry. Um, and I, and I attempt to keep all that down and repressed within me, it leaks out in me getting frustrated or really angry about the dumbest of things like it just leaks out and spurts out and i think that's probably like you said you had a lot of the things that would trigger you just because you had all that anger that you were keeping down within you right it's a toxin right it's
1: it's like all toxins it at some point it's your toxicity level uh you can no longer deal with it
0: yeah yeah. Ain't that the truth? Well, let's, uh, as we're starting to kind of wrap things up, I want to hear Cause you've you clearly have been very successful entrepreneurially and, and I correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to connect the dots. I got to imagine that as if, if, if I were going through what you were going through, it, you do kind of feel like you're uh, on an Island a little bit by yourself as you're going blind and no one else is. And so you just kind of have to make the decision, you know what, you're going to have to be your own boss. You're going to have to like live by the beat of your own drum has, has your blindness impacted your entrepreneurial spirit much you think?
1: Uh, No, I'd say it's, it's fueled it um, because of those other opportunities. So back in the day of, of university and that my friends all went to university. I mean, I did too, but I went later on when I was 24, 25, Mm -hmm. but then in as 18. And so what had happened is I couldn't get a job. I mean, I remember I was cleaning floors at Bridges restaurant, uh, at 3am after being at the bar till 2am showing up, just cooked, uh, and cleaning. And I just remember going, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm 22 and this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And all I could figure out because back in the day, um, most blind people and, and probably now they go into university and, and they're overeducated and unfortunately underemployed. So for me, I was underemployed, but I was always honing the skill of figuring out how can I make it work for myself? Because you said that is that going blind, I had to rely on myself and right. wanted to make sure that what I had was bulletproof because <laughs> what, what is in me, this blindness isn't, it's going downhill and where it stops, nobody knows, but I, how can I make it bulletproof? And I was introduced to the massage therapy got into it, um, you know, never had a massage before, but I realized really quickly that, oh my God, if I go blind, I can always sell being a blind massage therapist. Yeah. And that was actually the foundation of what I have today. So now I, I, I've had a whole bunch of clinics, uh, but now I have a clinic at downtown Vancouver, one of the largest in Canada, multidisciplinary clinic. And we have uh, 60 people in the company, but it all came from getting into massage therapy because i was like you know what no one can take away this from me and if i say i'm blind in a massage therapist people are going to think i'm superhuman
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that's where it really helped because i had a foundation to build with where before i was living in a sighted world
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it just was i mean sighted world in my 20s boozing and you know, hanging with chicks and doing all those things. It wasn't a good recipe. Um, But once I got that base education, once I got some failures of running clinics under my belt, and then once I got a little bit more maturity, and I was like, okay, I get it. Then my latest venture, which is not so late now, it's been about 14 years, um, has really paid off. You know, we'll wait my imaginations. But now that I'm, I'm here, it's... You know, there's a lot more to go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's what I was thinking was like, man, you you almost you can't rely on anyone uh, as you as you were getting older to, quote unquote, save you. You you know, you had to just kind of figure it out and adapt, um, which I imagine is, I mean, like we we both know resourcefulness is probably one of the best, you know, qualities to have as an entrepreneur and as a human being for that matter, you know, and I imagine you've had to be very, very resourceful as your site was going, you know, and maybe you didn't have someone to lead you or, or just to guide you and, in, in not even like from one place to the next, but even as a, as a mentor going through what you're going through, you had to figure it out on your own.
1: Yeah. I mean, my mom
0: was always there. My mom's an entrepreneur,
1: entrepreneur at heart. So mm. she, been my biggest motivator from back in the very beginning, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always had my mom who, who really just positioned me in the right place and, and, and really early on told me that, you know, your dreams are not going to be limited. And yes, you're going to go blind, but your dreams are not going to be limited. And it really helps to have someone like that in your court um some people don't have that but um it 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 was it was uh, i mean i can't say enough about my mom it's just unbelievable what what she's she's done for me but Mm. at the end of the day it's a solo road (laughs) right yes Yes. and we all figure out hey who's going to be part of our team who's not and i've just been lucky enough to figure it out and and to get them and and ultimately where I am is love from a company or financial or objective sort of viewpoint, but none of it, none of it is worth it. The, all the money in the world is about being open and, and having that emotional release five years ago when I started being able to cry mm. and be just who I needed to be. Mm. And ultimately that honesty started to compound and compound and compound and yeah life's life's pretty nice
0: that's pretty cool that's really really cool speaking speaking of your mom i i you know was very close with mine as well before she passed away but what if you had to choose one or two qualities that you admire most in your mom that you are grateful that you've inherited <laughs> as well that maybe you're seeing that you're passing on to your daughter what, what's one of those, one or two of those qualities that your mom had in spades that you just absolutely admire and adore? She
1: never gave up. Hmm. It didn't matter, like whatever. And she had lots of different, uh, businesses and, and lots of different shitty things happened during her life. And, and she just, I just watched her and be like, Whoa, man, like she just kept pivoting and moving forward. And she was very optimistic. Mm. So like you combine never giving up with this healthy dose dose of optimism. And it was just, it was awesome to have that brush off on me because I never give up. And I am same thing. I'm always optimistic. And so it's been such a great foundation. And yeah, she just had it in spades.
0: She's 84. (laughs) Uh, that's amazing that's so cool and i and again and that's got to be a tough it's it's obviously tough on you and we talked about like that question of what uh, what is it to be blind but it's it's also it has an impact obviously on uh your loved ones your mom your spouse your kids your friends your you know and it's like um i just gotta imagine that it it, it could offer it doesn't doesn't mean it's rec- you know or it absolutely happens but it ultimately could bring you closer to your loved ones when you're having to be more honest and vulnerable, especially these past five years, you know, and sharing your emotions, communicating a lot more. It's got to be able to, to bring you a lot closer versus maybe the pissed off, angry, repressed version of you that was going through life. Right.
1: Yeah, it's, it's excellent. My mom actually was diagnosed a couple of years ago with this really rare lung condition. And we thought she was going to die in like weeks to months. Uh, And then for whatever reason, it's, it's stabilized. uh, And she still has it. But yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like all the shit you have and all the shit you carry it. It's meaningless when something in your life that you like, like your mother, (laughs) um, but it could be anything Um, when something so serious happens, you realize how all those other meanings they can fade away like you know you 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 charge through life thinking all these things are like these all heavy duty things but it's like wow you know when my mom got diagnosed I was like whoa like nothing has any meaning except for spending these last moments with her Mm -hmm. and and nothing else mattered and and of course it you know, we spent weeks with her and we got everything settled for her to pass away and then she kept living. And it's just like fantastic! <laughs> uh, but it but it gave me that cool opportunity to realize all oh, that fucking anger and frustration it it gave me a, a clarity in my mind to go, whoa! Like, yeah, just if, if I was honest with myself I, I, for a lot of my life I almost held it like it was a badge, mm. You know, like hey, I should feel this way. And that, that looking at it, that's a terrible way to sort of feel and, and, and to think. And so I, yeah, I've had those opportunities in my life. But most recently, as I say, just, just recently where it's just like, boy, appreciate the day, appreciate those you love and whoever supports you, just yeah, thank them. And then I got a lot of people that support me and it's just like, thank you. Cause, cause it's you guys that, that give me what I have, you know? So yeah, most of that is, is essential.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Well, and I, and I see that, I think I've lived that at times too, but I can see that in other men that I cross paths with where, where there's a sense of pride about, uh, their badge of, of pain, you know, or their, the, the shit that they've been through. Right. Um, And they wear it with, with pride, even though it's ruining their lives, you know, Um, versus actually (laughs) working through it like, like you have, which, uh, which is why I think this is such an inspiring conversation because it shows other men what's on the other side of this anger and repressed, you know, hurt and disappointment and shame and everything else that they might be feeling if they just are willing to do the scary work. Of opening up and communicating and working through and letting all that shit out. It's, uh, it's scary, but it's so worth it. Oh, so worth it! Because you got to just say, "Hey, the path you're on,
1: not so good." Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If yeah. people
0: see greatness in you, go for the greatness. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, and talking about uh, just the the, we talk a lot about your growth, but the way that you're contributing. Um, in, in allowing you to feel fulfilled in your life. Let's talk a little bit more about the the charities um, that you're involved in, the Canadian Blind Ice Hockey and the, the Braille Mountain Initiative. Let's tell, tell those that are listening a little bit more about those, what you're up to.
1: Sure. Yeah, so 20 years ago, um, I got into blind ice hockey. Someone introduced it to me, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Is that going to be some sort of lame, sort of government-run organization where you pity everybody and, nothing really happens. And I was very skeptical because <laughs> there's a lot of organizations out there that are, are um, they mean well, but they're really just pity fests for for whatever. I mean, I'm blind, so I'll just say for the blind. But no, I went out there and I couldn't believe these guys. I mean, they were just kicking ass. Hmm. And, whoa, this is fun. So i uh, been doing that 20 years. 10 years ago, we started Canadian Blind Ice Hockey and that was to bring teams across Canada so there's three teams that actually have been playing blind ice hockey for about 40 or 50 years which is amazing um, together now we have about 10 teams across Canada about 15 teams in the states so uh, it's a pretty good you know disorganization now and what's amazing is all the young kids like we're talking four five six seven year old kids out on the ice with their parents, with their moms, with their dads. Like it is phenomenal. That's cool. Their future, uh, if they want to continue playing you know, hockey, is absolutely there for them. And it's the honest game. And, and from a practical perspective, because it's white ice with a black puck, it's very easy from a contrast level for a lot of diff- different visual impairments to play. Mm. Old people go. My God, it must be fast, and you must hit your, you know, get hit and all that. And yeah, you do. <laughs> That's what hockey is. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but it's awesome. So uh, I support that. I was the president of that organization for a while, and I love it. It's it's a joy. I, I mean, COVID slowed it down, but we look like we're going to get our first event up in November, uh, in Calgary. Um, so all oh, cool. to get called, reach out to me depending on what city you're in, you can come out and volunteer. Uh, I can put you uh, together with uh, those representatives. And then also there's, it's called the Braille Mountain Initiative. And so this is an organization started by a guy who was a backcountry avalanche, you know, big powder skier, Mm -hmm. and that was his life. He's been doing it for like 14 years. And then he got his eye disease. And boom, it just suddenly took it away. One of his eyes and long story short, he's going blind. Mm -hmm. Um, So he thought, you know what? I want to open up this opportunity because he couldn't believe that all you could do was go to your local ski resort and go skiing. He was like, no, no, man, get in the backcountry. It's even better because no one's around. It's totally quiet and it's self-propelled like you go up on skins. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've been involved in that this year. And I'll be involved in that forever, and it's amazing. We we go up, we do big powder skiing, and uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's also awesome. mountain climbing and diff- all, all activities in the uh, in the mountains that are extreme. That's what extreme,
0: that's about. extreme mountain activities. Yeah, um, that's so cool. Mountain climbing, yeah. powder skiing, everything uh, along those lines. And, yeah. yeah, you can think it, we'll do it. That's awesome. Uh, one question is because I'm curious. what is the Is hockey, are the rules, is the game different at all for blind players in the league? Or is it pretty much the same?
1: Yeah, slightly different. So uh, it looks the same, but our puck is a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's about three inches wide, about an inch and a half tall. It's metal full of ball bearings. Hmm. So you can hear it. Mm. It clangs, right? So you hit it off the boards, it clangs. Mm. That would be sort of the most obvious um, uh, equipment difference. Uh, The other difference we have in the game is that when you go past, so when the offense goes past the defense's blue line, they have to make a pass. Mm. And so what that does is if you're blind or visually impaired, you'll have a tendency to go end-to-end and shoot, (laughs) yeah, <laughs> it right. make for an exciting game. So <laughs> right. We force uh, players to make a pass at the blue line, which then, of course, stimulates the play and, uh, yeah, makes it an amazing game. Um, also, people that play uh, offense typically have... To be legally blind, it's less than 10% of vision. So people who play offense typically have 5 to 10% of their vision. People who play defense... Have typically zero to five percent of vision so that's what i play Hmm. and then our goalies are blind and we make sure they're blind by blindfolding them
0: Hmm.
1: um so that would be the other sort of i mean you wouldn't notice it but that's how we do it to because that also creates a lot of movement Mm -hmm. and then the net uh depending on where you are we've made our own nets and we ship them around the world now they're three feet high because we don't want puck raised so high because yeah. it really hurts like you yeah. can
0: rip that puck yeah I bet. So, you know, that's so that's it the rest oh. the play exactly the same that's cool so so the requiring the extra pass then uh also requires a lot of communication i mean ultimately you have to know your your teammates voices right to to be able to hear where they're at and then have a sense as to where you're passing it to them through correct Yeah, and then
1: also, like, depending on your visual impairment, it's a lot of vision in the visually impaired world. So when I had my vision, I could still ride my bike
0: Mm.
1: because in my eye condition, I started with no central vision, but very good peripheral vision. Peripheral vision allows you to see everything around you, right? Mm -hmm. So for me to ride a bike, I would just look down and I could see perfectly All around Mm -hmm. now of course if something immediately came within three feet of my bike I would slam into it but I would see it in advance Mm -hmm. so depending on your visual impairment um, you'd be amazed you you walk around visually impaired people today that you would you know they're not they don't have canes they don't have guide dogs Uh, they're they're blind they're legally blind you just don't recognize it because they have a level of vision and a coping mechanism because that's what you like to say, accommodating. You're always accommodating. So people who are losing their vision will always take the same routes because they've memorized the route. Yep. So you might go, Mark, how did you get down that hall? And, you know, in the, in the hotel, and I'll go, it's no problem till I walk into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but if I didn't walk all and you were looking at me from the side you'd go holy shit look at that guy go
0: yeah <laughs> but because I'm patterning everything yeah yeah right <laughs> I love it well I could keep chatting and keep chatting because I'm just uh, loving the conversation but just for the sake of time I'll I'll cut things off here but I want to thank you again so much for just sharing your again talk about vulnerability sharing your story sharing uh your just your your love and your uh, sincerity of like giving back to people express or just showing, uh, a great example of, of a man who, man, for 40 some odd years of your life, you were in the thick of it, but you, st- you never gave up just like your mom and you've battled through. And it's, I just imagine it's, it's made you such a more enjoyable person to be around a, a great husband, a great father, a great uh, boss and just a great human being. I can attest just from the little bit that we've chatted. So thank you for for sharing all that with us. Uh, you're most welcome.
1: Appreciate being on the show and I'm glad I could help some people out.
0: Yeah, 100%. And if you guys want to get involved at all with um like he said the canadian blind ice hockey leagues and the, the braille mountain initiative where you're doing extreme uh, especially here in colorado i think there's probably a lot of guys i actually have a buddy here in, in town that's legally blind that you know he probably want to hear about these things too i'm going to pass this conversation along to him um if they want to get in touch with you what's the best way to get in touch with you
1: uh best is mark at mark com. so okay. m-a-r-k-b-e-n-t-z
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you again, Mark. Uh, just a pleasure looking forward to doing this again. And, uh, you guys, thanks for listening as always. If you have any questions or thoughts, feel free to contact me or reach out to Mark directly. And until we catch up with you on another episode, thanks for tuning into the Becoming Kings podcast. Thanks, Mark. You bet. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon man I thrive on constructive feedback so hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com oh and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King men's coach. thanks again for joining me I'll catch you next time